Welcome to the Rap Knuckles podcast, episode 24, Christmas special, where we don't talk about Christmas, we talk about fighting. Enjoy. Episode 24, Rap Knuckles Podcast. Sammy is wearing a headband that has reindeer ears in it. He looks fucking ridiculous. <laughs> That's the Christmas edition. Come on. <laughs> uh, th- uh, there's so much to deep dive into. It has been a feast of boxing and UFC uh, this weekend, and also Bellator. Um, and mm-hmm. also, uh, probably most importantly, it was, of course... And it was obviously everywhere in combat sports. Uh, DKU versus Bradley Scott uh, in a six-round boxing fight. Thoughts, Sammy? I had no idea what you were talking about when you mentioned it to me before. So I, I can't wait to hear what your take on it was. If anybody hasn't seen this, and I, I won't spend a lot of time on this, right? But DKU is a Korean... Uh, mixed martial arts uh, specialist tutor that does a lot of things with the Korean government and he went viral by basically slapping visors off of people that wear um, motorcycle helmets but he would do all (laughs) these things with movement and he did the one inch punch and Bradley Scott is an ex-UFC fighter who has a podcast who basically dumbfounded everything he did said he was a shit boxer they started going back and forth somehow, even though DK doesn't speak any English. But they went back <laughs> and forth, and they agreed to fight in a six-round boxing exhibition. But uh, DK, you, I don't think, one, trained for it because he gasped by round three, and two, I don't think he quite understood just how big Bradley Scott is since the <laughs> UFC. Uh, it was a washout, um, but not a big deal. But I'm surprised, you know. <laughs> You didn't know, Sammy, because we're supposed to be mixed. Ma- well, we're supposed to be combat sports specialists. And, and yeah, I, I'm. I'm sorry for not being a specialist on the Korean government's martial arts guy. My apologies. I'm sorry about that. Um, but we did have some big uh, events on last weekend. Let's start with UFC Fight Night. Jose Aldo getting it done. Unanimous decision against Rob Font. A, a brilliant five round main event. Is, is Aldo entering another renaissance? I mean, I don't exactly know what his level is, what the ceiling is here, but the fact he called out TJ Dillashaw, mm-hmm. fucking put that in my veins. That is the fight to make. Yeah, 100%. And that's why if you look at the landscape of that division as well, at Bantamweight, you've got Aljo and Peter Yan need to fight each other again. Then you can make... Um, so, I mean, that's done too tied up. Sandhagen was a great show for him. So, well, he could fight Rob Font now next year. And yeah. then that means Dillashaw needs to fight Dillashaw Aldo. I mean, that's one that's been brewing for years as well, isn't it? So, look, he massively get behind that. And Aldo look great as well. So, fair, fair play to him. I don't know if it's quite a renaissance where he's going to go and win a title again because we saw what he's handed to him. But he, he's, he's definitely up there. He's definitely sort of top three in that division, probably. But... Let's be honest, we don't want to see Jose Aldo go against Peter Yan again. No. So, like, he's going to, you know, 
Aldo's going to have to hope if he if we are saying yeah he's back in the title picture, a couple of things are going to have to happen. One, he has to beat TJ Dillashaw, which I, I think he's more than capable of doing. But crucially here, <laughs> we're going to have to expect Aljo to pull out the bag against Peter Yan, and that ain't happening. Yeah, yeah, no, uh, Peter Yan's going to kill Aljo in that rematch. But I mean, focus on Aldo. He looked incredible. And I, I there's, there's big money fights out there still for him. Absolutely. Again, I think we've spoke about this before, and they, they actually alluded to it on the broadcast. Where the fuck is his leg kicks? Like, yeah. he is, does have this focus in on boxing, and that's all well and good. But, like, we remember in the WEC days, and, you know, with Aldo coming into the UFC, right, his leg kicks are unbelievable. But yet... He probably threw three, I think, against Rob Font. But mm. the first time he, he threw the kick, when his, his corner told him to do it, he dropped. Uh, he actually took him off his feet. So, yeah. like, I'm all well and good. Great. You know, focus on your boxing. But put it all together. Like, at the end of the day, you're a veteran. You're very, mm. very good at a fundamentals, a lot of stuff. We've even, like, I mean, if you watch him against Vera uh, in his last fight, he took him down. His grappling is excellent as well, but I'd like to see him use more leg kicks, like a hundred percent. And like, I'm, I'm down for it. And I love the fact that now Twitter is uh, MMA Twitter in particular is going way against Habib, basically calling him out and saying that Habib and uh, Aldo are not even in the same league in terms of GOAT status because Aldo's been there, done it. Um, and ultimately, what's Habib done? But I think if you look at it, let's not go into that just now. Mm. But let's not forget that anybody that went against Habib, he made mincemeat of them. Um, so, yeah. but with Aldo, it's great to see him experimenting. You know, this is, he could potentially be, you know, go down to a, a, a weight class that when it was first announced he was going to do it. I wasn't convinced that he was going to have the success that he has done. And, and let's be honest, against the first couple of rounds against Peter Yan, um, I think in the, the, the second round of uh, the, the Peter Yan fight, he, he did find uh, a home for some of his shots. Um, and, you know, I don't think Peter Yan was ever really in trouble. But at the end of the day, he's gone against him. Would it be a similar outcome next time? Probably. But it, I think if they're going to do it, Aldo needs a couple of other fights to go for it. Yeah, well, and, but if even if you look at Aldo at bantamweight, he's essentially undefeated apart from Peter Yan. I mean, I know he lost to Marlon Moraes, but but yeah, let's like, be honest, he didn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's absolutely scared. But so off the back of that, look, he's beating people. Anyone that you put in front of him, and now we talk about the leg kicks and things like that as well. He didn't. I mean, Rob Funk can thank his lucky stars that he didn't need them. Just ask your eye a favour. Do you know what I mean? Because he would have had a sore leg the next day. So I think it, that I don't think that's a skill. I know he's trying to focus elsewhere, but it's not a skill he, he he's lost. And I think if his back was really against the wall against someone like TJ Dillashaw or something like that, you'd definitely see a veteran's performance from him, and he would try and put it together. The, the Aldo beat most people in that division. And even if he did fight as a TJ and didn't win, there's a fight against people like Corey Sandhagen. I'd like to, he could fight Sterling off the back of a loss to Jan or something like that. So 
you know, he, he's still going to be a contender at least until the end of the 2022. Yeah, no, 100%. And, and look, I, I'm, I'm loving it. I, I, the fact he is a veteran of the, the UFC, he's a veteran in MMA. There, there was a time, a point in time where I think he was hugely disillusioned about where his career was heading um, and he wasn't going to re-sign with the UFC. He wanted to go and try and box. And now you'll bar the, the yarn fight like you're, you're talking about. And the Marais one, I don't really look into. I think that, uh, I don't know what the judges were looking at that fight. But yeah, he, he is certainly on, on the road to being one of the top dogs in that division. Um, and the TJ Aldo fight is something that I absolutely want to see. Um, and I'm glad he called him out rather than calling out for a title shot. Um, so you'll look onwards and upwards for him. As, and as for Rob Font, look, Rob Font versus Corey Sandhagen would be a an absolute barnstormer. I'd love to see that fight happen um, if they, they make it together. I think Corey's coming back from a couple of injuries since he fought Peter Yan. But, you know, at the end of the day, this doesn't really dilute Rob Font massively. Look, there's an argument that there was a couple of rounds there when he he actually weathered the storm and he got a few shots off against Aldo as well. So ultimately, you know, it could have gone the same for him, uh, and we would be talking about him as a perennial contender. But I still yeah. think that there's there's things out there for him. I'd actually love to see uh, Rob Font fight uh, Sean O'Malley or uh, Dominic Cruz if Dominic Cruz gets a win on uh, Saturday. Well, that's it. That's another one you forget about Dominic Cruz, isn't it? I mean, um, he's got Pedro Munoz, hasn't he, on yeah. Saturday? Is it? Yeah. Um, you know, if Dominic Cruz wins that, he'd more than rightly call out someone like even he could even he could call out Aldo or. Yeah. You know, I think a, a lot of people have paid to watch Dominic Cruz against Corey Sandhagen as well. Yeah. So Rob Font is up there because look, he's beaten Cody Garbrandt and. You know, he's beating Marlon Marais, things like that. He belongs to be up there. There's no shame in losing to someone like Jose Aldo. So I don't think Rob Font would be disheartened about off the back of that. And look, he's gone five rounds with a legend there, hasn't he? So, you know, all power to him. And then, look, the co-main event, argue for, for me, it was the, the, the fight of the night. Uh, Rafael Fiziev against Adradel. I didn't realise that they they actually sparred together and they were somewhat familiar yeah. with one another. They said they were friends. Um, and apparently, Brad Riddell, in, when he was in Thailand, when he moved back to, to, to Australia, uh, or New Zealand, sorry, um, Rafael Vizier became the Muay Thai coach and took over from him. But honestly, Fiziev is the man. He, he is... And, and we'll probably get into this in a couple of weeks' time, he, for me, will yet again be a man to watch, especially in that division. Um, that spinning wheel kick, wow. Great. I, I know Herb Dean's been getting a lot of shit recently as well, and rightly so, um, with some of the stoppages and things like that. But he got that one absolutely spot on, you know, oh. looking at um, you know the way Riddell reacted to that wheel kick from Fiziev. You know, he he, he he was completely out, wasn't he, on his feet? But Fiziev's an absolute problem. We Rafael Fiziev is a friend of the show, and he since we very first saw him, um, we've been absolutely banging the drum on him. So look, he, he he's he's a great addition to that sort of top ten at lightweight now, isn't he? Could you imagine in maybe a couple of fights' time, what a barnstormer 
him v a Justin Gaethje or a Michael Chandler or a Tony Ferguson could be. Oh, like, I'll say it quietly, a Conor McGregor. Oh, God. <laughs> I mean, look, I don't think Conor McGregor, I don't think he's going to get the Conor McGregor red panty night that he wants. <laughs> but in saying that, I, I, I think, and, and, and it's been brought up already, but um, him against RDA is a no-brainer. Um, mm. he'll, he, he's probably going to land, I think, uh, in, in the top 12 now. He'll sit at 12. You know, Gregor Gillespie, I don't think that they'll, they'll put him up against a, a wrestler. I think you know, the, the real acid test is going up against an RDA or a Tony Ferguson. Now, would Tony Ferguson take that fight? I don't know. I don't think I think he would, you know. Do you? I think I think he would, yeah. Because if you look at Tony now, I reckon Tony is angling to potentially get a Connor fight next year. And I don't think that's gonna happen at all. So if you look at Tony's options now, look the five, the, the top five destroy him, don't they? Yeah. And then you know they're they're not gonna touch him. So it, it looking beyond that, it's it's only gonna be someone like a again an, an RDA, a Fiziev, one of these younger guys. Well, I suppose RDA you can't class him as a younger guy, but someone who's still trying to prove himself in the division and RDA's trying to work himself back up. Yeah. So I think it, Tony can just completely forget about the top five at the minute, and he's gonna to have to look at someone like a Fiziev to you know try and raise his stock again a little bit. Yeah. And and then look for, for Brad Riddell, look, there was large parts of that that fight that he was definitely still in it. It could have gone either way. Had that gone a decision, you know, I, I think Fiziev would still have, have come out top dog. But yeah. Brad Riddell doesn't really lose anything in this. He's an all-action fighter, he's entertaining. Um, you know, his last uh, fight before this was with Drew Dober, which was an absolute banger as well. Like I'd personally like to to see him maybe think about looking down the rankings rather than up now. Um, look, maybe a Diego Ferreira um, mm. could maybe give him a, a, a good fight. Thiago Moses, who was obviously fought recently, or a fight that does maybe make sense, certainly um, down the line. Uh, maybe Bobby Green, that would be an yeah, absolute yeah. banger. Yeah, yeah, oh, 100%. There's so many options there. And I think, obviously, I've just looked at the rankings there. I mean, Dan Hooker's moving down to 145 as well, isn't he? Yeah. So he's sort of knocked one off. Realistically, you're looking at either a Tony RDA, Gregor Gillespie, or Diego Ferreira. So sign me up for all them fights, really, to be honest, especially the Tony one, because him and Fizzy ever just be pure violence. Oh, my God, it would be crazy. That the whole main card, um, bar the, the, the opener with uh, Alex Morono versus uh, Mickey Gall, but like another feel good story again for Chris Curtis. Four weeks yeah. after his MSG win, comes back with another underdog performance. He's now six and all this year across I think three different promotions, uh, and that's obviously his second win in the UFC. Man can hit like yeah. he hits like a truck. And then, look, we're talking about the old guys. Let's hear it for Clay Guida. Close to losing, and until he wasn't, he comes back for a bang. An amazing, amazing uh, real naked choke. He, he got absolutely pummeled yeah. in that first round. Like, it, that was on the verge of one of them being like, ah, oh, come on, maybe they should stop this. Yeah. And then he submitted the BJJ fucking, like, 
black belt world champion or something like that, didn't he? Like, he's an absolute whiz, that Santos from the ground. And then Clay Gida just went, ah, oh, no, not today. Yeah, not, not, not today, Santos. Yeah, yeah. Look, I'm so I'm so chuffed for him. You know, and again, another uh, big win was Jamal Hill beating Jimmy Crook. Um, Jimmy Crook needs to immediately shave that fucking mullet off. There was two. Uh, there was two mullets kicking about on the car. Yeah, Brendan Allen, both the mullets yeah. knocked out. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, like all in all, a, a decent, a, a decent fight night, uh, to, to say the least. And you know, again, with Chris Curtis now, uh, I think it's it's nice to hear that he's moved up. He said this afterwards. He's now moved up uh, to tax brackets because of the money that he's made in the UFC. Oh, that's good. He was actually on uh, Ariel's show talking about how his life's gone. Um, and, and how you know he wasn't expected to fight in MSG when he did. He's got um, uh, you know an adopted son that he go, he's going to see for Christmas. Actually, it was eight weeks ago when he was worried that he wasn't going to have any Christmas presents because he didn't have any cash. Uh-huh. He had ten dollars in his account, and now he's moved up to uh, tax brackets. So I absolutely love that, and I'm looking forward to seeing what he brings to the table in 2022. So are you now saying Dana pays his fighters? Oh, <laughs> I'm saying that. If you, if you if you if you get paid nothing and yeah. you start getting a little bit of money, then yeah, you get paid. Yeah. Well, he's probably made well, he's definitely made two fifty thousand dollar bonuses there because I think originally he he didn't get anything for the MSG card, and then uh, Dana said he was going to sort them out. Um, yeah. so he has actually now got two bonuses. He's probably touching to over two hundred k then in about four weeks. Yeah, here's hoping. Here's Not hoping. bad. Let, let's start getting in the cage ourselves. <laughs> no, thank you. Never. Yeah. Never. Um, look, Bellator was on Friday night. The, the one thing I just want to talk about here is the main event. Sergio Perez beating uh, Kyoji uh, Horiguchi in a fight that actually he was losing every single minute of that round until round four. He pulls out a spinning back fist out of nowhere. Fuck in hell. Sergio Pettis is obviously always touted as the younger brother of Anthony Pettis. But mm. since he's cut, he, you know, he had the chance to re-sign with UFC. He didn't. He went to Bellator. He signed up, became the fucking champion of the Bantamweight, uh, winning the Bantamweight title. And now we'll get onto it later. But he's now going to try and have a very big 2022 by defending his belt in the Bantamweight Grand Prix. Um, yeah. I feel for Horiguchi because for me, bar Peter Yan, he is the best uh, bantamweight in the world. Well, well, well he's a target, but like I think yeah. he, 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 he was brilliant on Friday and then obviously one lack of concentration and he got he, got, he absolutely paid for it and it was an amazing knockout by Pettis. But I mean, he's not the second best bantamweight in the world, but he, you know, he's obviously a really good fighter. And one thing I'm happy for Sergio Pettis about is, you know, he took that risk of not re-signing with the UFC. He could have been a bit of a middle ground guy. And also, as we were talking about Rob Font before, look, Rob Font beat Sergio Pettis a couple of years ago, didn't he? So, you know, if, if all else fails, if he does have a couple of losses, you can still rebuild your career. And that's why I think, you know, MMA is in a good place at the moment in terms of the PFL are doing better than ever at Bellator. Scott Coker's making all the right moves in that Grand Prix in 2022, which I'm sure you want to talk about later, that, you know, he played an absolute blinder because anyone can probably beat anyone. 
of uh, it, that's actually within that Grand Prix, I reckon. Right, well, I'm going to make a prediction and say that uh, Kyori Horiguchi wins that Bantamweight Grand Prix. Not, not the strap animal, no. no. James Gallagher. <laughs> James, <laughs> James e. Gallagher, unfortunately, I think that ship has sailed. Yeah. Uh, I, think he, I think he's done so. Um, but yeah, look, I, I, at the end of the day, it's nice to have um, certainly divisions where the UFC aren't just dominating. And that, like, as we'll come on to it later, that Bantamweight Grand Prix is littered with some very, very good fighters. And depending on how they're, they're matched up, that could be a, a, another excellent Grand Prix tournament for Bellator um, and further staking their claim as, as close to, to being a, a competitor as UFC as possible. Um, but again, Sergio Pettis, fair play. Um, you didn't deserve to win that fight. And then you come out of nowhere with a spinning back fist. Beautiful. Showtime, baby. Um, and then, look, boxing this weekend uh, was was very, very interesting, to say the least. We've got Devin Haney um, in against Jojo Diaz. Scored a unanimous decision when Devin Haney, the nicest man in boxing, full stop, um, and <laughs> then calls out George Cambosis Jr. during the post-fight uh, interview. Uh, again, two really, really nice guys. <laughs> look, Devin Haney, uh, I felt controlled it throughout the, the, the fight. I think he um, he took a while to figure out Diaz, um, but if I'm honest with you, he's not going to sell many tickets. Like, he's not... His style, although from a boxing purist standpoint, it's it's nice to watch. He isn't exactly an all-action fighter. Um, and the Cambosa Jr. fight, I mean... I just want to see. I want to see it because I want someone to have all the titles. Um, but you know, Jojo Diaz, man, much the same, and we'll come on to it in a minute as Isaac Cruz, just real tough males boxers who absolutely fought out their skin and are unlucky to come up short. Um, but you know, if we look at the the Tank Davis fight, and I'll get your thoughts on the Haney fight in a minute. But for me, I've watched the fight twice now. I don't think Dan Davis deserved to win that fight. Uh, and what has been proven, uh, and if this is an, a thing to say against an undefeated fighter, but if you press the action against Tank Davis, he doesn't like it. He doesn't fight well on the back foot at all. And Cruz, had that been anywhere else and not been in, in a pro, I think, pro-Tank Davis um, area, I think he would have lost that fight. I mean, the judges' scorecards are 116, 112, 115, 113. Two judges had that. But, like, mm. I think she would scored a draw. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it was close. I mean, it, that, that tank fight, I've only seen bits and bobs of it today, to be honest with you. But um, I agree with what you're saying about him fighting off the back foot. I've always thought when I've watched him fight, he, he is a bit of a plodder isn't he? Because he plods forward a bit and he's like, I know I'm going to catch someone at some point. Now, I know he said, obviously, his hand was compromised in the camp and then he hit it again in the sixth round. But he, he, he can run out of ideas pretty quickly. And yeah. I think if you were to... It, it's ironic that he's promoted by Mayweather because I think Mayweather would love to have his hands on Devin Haney. Yeah. Because I think if you watch if you watch Devin Haney and you can argue about Mayweather sort of when he, you know, in the money... Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. It is very similar. Well, I wouldn't say very similar in styles in that sense because, you know, you can't compare. But 
you know, Mayweather, he wasn't the most attractive fighter to watch. Like, he, he used to break records, pay-per-view wise, but a lot of people wanted to see him lose next Y and Z. And he had this big order outside the ring. Whereas to actually watch him fight, there's more similarities with Devin Haney than a Tank Davis. Yeah. And I think if you compared them to two performances over the weekend, look, Haney's not box office. He's not going to go in there and absolutely start someone. And, you know, you're going to get more excitement with Tank because, you know, no matter how the fight's going, he's got that X factor and he can knock someone out in an instant like he did with Santa Cruz. Whereas Haney, is he controls. He will get caught. He, I mean, Haney's like 23, 24, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. And, you know what I mean? So he's still a young man, my age. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> um, but he's, he's only going to get better. Um and, you know, if he perfects that style that he's got at the moment, when he gets to, like, 28-30, especially if he has this fight against Cambosis next and wins all the belts, he could feasibly keep them belts for however long he wanted, I think, as long as he was matched smartly and maybe not put up against Lomachenko just yet. Um, and then, look, Tank. I don't think Tank gives a shit about belts, if I'm perfectly honest with you. I think what Everton's going to be building to is this Garcia and Tank fight maybe next year or 2023. And Mayweather kind of alluded to that as well in terms of, you know, and Leonard Ellaby saying Tank sells tickets in America, doesn't he? Which I found, I was quite surprised that, to be honest, because I, you know, I didn't think he was that regular. But, and Haney doesn't. So I think if you can let that marinate between Tank Davis and Ryan Garcia, that's going to be one of the biggest fights in boxing. Uh, especially over over in America, whereas Haney, if he focuses on the belts, he's going to build a good legacy. I think. I, I think I take your point. I don't think um, Tank really cares much for belts, but I do think that he wants to be seen as the best lightweight in the world, um, and I think he's game to fight all of them. Um, you know, I, I still stand by it. Like I really want to see Tank in against. Uh, Lomachenko, and I'd love to see him fight Lopez. I, I think uh, Teofimo Lopez versus Tank would be yeah. a fucking barnstormer. But yeah. just to something that you said before about, you know, like he's he's got the X factor. If you look at the Leo Santa Cruz fight, he was actually losing that on, on mm. points and then came in with a Hail, Hail Mary. His uppercut, that lead uppercut is, is a thing of beauty. Yeah. Interestingly, though, with uh, in the cruise fight, the first three rounds, Cruz goes to the body with the left and then tries to hook him with the right. He found that three times. And I'll tell you somebody who does have a an amazing right hook, check right hook, uh, and that is King Garcia. So like yeah. I don't think Garcia will get thrown in the deep end straight away against him. I know he's been talking on Twitter saying that you know. Tank gets uh, gets to fight C-level opponents and stuff like that. Like, Garcia, you just need to fucking shut up and get fighting again. Like, yeah. oh, what have you done for me lately? We haven't seen you since January this year. And then you've, you've obviously had your issues, etc. and I feel for him. But just get back fighting. Stop being a troll. Stop being, you know, a Twitter hard guy. And just go out and show us what you do best. And that's knocking out people. But yeah. Devin Haney... Like I think that's a great point you make. He's got the ability to nullify, um, and he's a great defensive boxer, but he's also a point scorer. Mm. I fully expect him to, to and, and I'm not taking any away from Cambosis Jr. at all, 
but I fully expect Den- Devin Haney to be able to deal with him. And then he will be the, I guess, you know, I use this term lightly, but the man. But yeah. my question to you is, who do you think the best lightweight is at this moment in time? Um, I, I, well, I'd rather wait until after this weekend, but I'd always say, I'd say after the last performances over the last few weeks, I'd say Devin Haney. But I think Lomachenko is the best. I think we're going to see that. I think, I think particularly in the level of, you know, look, Tank was fighting some Isaac Cruz. He was cherry-picked replacement for that. Even that Roly Ramirez guy he was supposed to be fighting before. And yeah. cherry-picked opponents to make him look good. Do you know what I mean? Get a yeah. knockout in. Yeah. And then, you know, the legend builds. Um, Devin Haney, I mean, he's fighting Jojo Diaz. He's tough as they come, but he's not, not really a threat at the top level. I know he was supposed to be fighting Ryan Garcia in another one where Garcia was supposed to look good against him. Yeah. Lomachenko's fighting Richard Comey, who's a top fighter in the, at, at that weight, a really, really good fighter. Yeah. And if that's... Um, and the, the guy he fought before, I'm sorry, was it Nakata or something like that, Japanese dude? Yeah. They, he gave Lopez fits. And yeah. it's like, if Lomachenko's idea of a tune-up or warm-up fight is fighting Nakomi and this uh, and the Japanese guy... When he, you know, I think he's on another level to everyone else, and he had a bad night against Lopez. So I think Haney Cambosis is probably the fight that's going to get made. But you know, Eddie's going to do everything in his power not to make the Lomachenko versus Haney fight. At least he's not for a couple of years anyway. So hopefully Haney's skills go like that, and Loma hopefully loses some speed. So yeah. I'd say Lomachenko, but we'll see what happens after this weekend. What about you? De- definitely, I think. Look. Although I picked Lopez to beat and to, to shock the world against Lomachenko, I think you can you can quite clearly see that by round eight, it took Loma that long to figure him out. But when he did, he did come on a good, a good game. I still want to see that rematch. I do believe yeah. Lomachenko is one, the best fighter to watch um, and the best in that division. And it wouldn't surprise me at the end of next year that he does get a pop at Haney eventually, but whoever's got all the belts, he's gunning for them. Um, yeah. And I would I would like to see him get in the mix again. But as I said, look, it's nice to be talking about another division in boxing that is yeah. littered with stars, potential stars, littered with entertaining boxers, and actually, Mark Ambrose and Haney, that were basically a bit of a love fest between them both. But like, there are really um, marketable fighters and marketable fights in it. Um, and I'm really you know, looking forward to seeing what 2022 brings in that division. If they can get all the fights, but here, we've been talking about Crawford and fucking... Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we've been talking about Tyson Fury um, and, and AJ getting it on. It's easier said than done, but it's nice to talk about. Yeah, most definitely. Most definitely. 2022 is going to be a big year. And then this weekend, the final pay-per-view of the year for the UFC, and it is a an absolute banger. In the main event, Dustin Poirier versus Charlie Olives, Charles Oliveira, defending champion. Um, and the co-main event, Amanda Nunes versus Juliana Pena. Um, the, the, the whole card is just littered with all-action fights. It's a great end-of-year pay-per-view. Look, we've got Cody Garbrandt fighting Karkaya France. We've got um, Santiago Ponzinibbio versus Jeff Neal. 
uh, Sean O'Malley is getting another shit fighter thrown at him. To look, yeah. <laughs> uh, but no offense to William Pavia. Um, and then looking at the, the actual prelims main card, Danny Gay versus Joss Emmett is going to be an absolute fucking banger. And mm. Dominic Cruz versus Pedro Munoz, we already talked about. Um, Tai Tu Ivasa's Tai Tu Ivasa is on the fucking prelims in this. Yeah. Like, what on earth? We've got Eric Anders fighting, uh, Alex Perez against uh, uh, Miranda Maverick mm. last year, well, this year rather, fighter to watch for me. It's a fucking banging card. Yeah, I hope that Ryan Hall gets sparked out as well. You know, you know, he does that weird little move, and it's the only thing he can do in MMA. He can't punch, can't kick, he can't do anything else. Before you slag off my man Ryan Hall, right, <laughs> I want you to watch him on Lex Friedman's podcast talk about just life. That man is fascinating, and he's a BJJ guru. I don't don't make me feel bad now. I remember seeing him on the Ultimate Fighter, and he had a bit of a twitch, and I felt bad for he's him. You know, what I mean? he's got he's got like t- twitch Tourette's. Um, yeah, no. but he's an absolute so, uh, of BJJ, and his just thoughts on things. He is a, he is a very insightful um, monologue about how to beat Khabib. Uh, not him beating Khabib, but how somebody would beat Khabib. Honestly, you should check it out. It's brilliant. Um, yeah, sorry, Ryan Hall. But yeah, <laughs> but listen, an absolute banging card. Um, and look, if we start at the start, obviously the main event, I am predicting Charlie Olives to come good here um, and defend his belt. Um, but I imagine that um, Mr. Tierney is going to say that this is Dustin Poirier's time. Do you know what? It's actually really annoying because Hart says Charlie Olives, Head says Dustin. And I was actually just... Um, Working really hard today, scrolling what bets I was going to put on for this on Saturday, <laughs> and um, I I went through and I just did you know a big sort of accumulator, and I went through, went through and got to the main event, and you know my thumb was hovering over Charles, Charles Oliveira, and then last minute I went with Poirier, and I just think I, I really want Charles Oliveira to win. I think he's great. I think you know he, he's got everything. His rise to the top's unreal, but I just think. Dustin, I suppose it's hard to tell because the two Connor fights were bizarre in themselves, weren't they? But he looks, he just looks good, doesn't he? Like, looks big. He looks, he looks so sort of self assured and confident now. He's waiting patiently. This is kind of his time, and he's never going to get a better chance to beat Oliveira. And I think what it'll come down to is look, if Poirier catches him, how good Oliveira's chin going to be? Because I know it was it held up against Michael Chandler in the first round, but I think Poirier's boxing's come on a hell of a lot as well. So I don't know. I really don't know. I hope it's Charlie Olives and I hope he subs him, but I've got no idea. I think I it's no I think it's one of those fights, right? That whoever wins, you're not going to be disappointed. Like like we're talking yeah. about Dustin Poirier, right? The nearly man for so long. And then has these amazing fights, uh, you know, the run up to the title before he fought Habib. And, and look, Habib did his things, right? We get that. But he dusted himself off, he got back into it, you know, he got the redemption against Connor. Um, he, not, he did something that nobody else has done by knocking out Connor. Um, and look, the third fight happened. And let's be honest, the writing was on the wall anyway. Um, so he deserves this moment. And he deserves the shine and the rub that he's got now. Um, 
But then, like you just said, Charlie Hollis is um, Charles Oliveira, right? We keep calling him Charlie Hollis, but I like Charlie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like he's been to hell and back. Like you know, he's he's fought. You know, he's he's been disappointed against Paul Felder, Max Holloway, Frankie Edgar, etc. And then moved up to one fifty five, and then suddenly started utilizing his striking game more. Even though he's an absolute magician in, in his uh, grand game, his BJJ, but like he's now come on again. And it testament, they always question his heart. They always question, did he have it in him? You watch that that two round war against Chandler when in the first round he was done. He was yeah. out on his feet. You know, if that had gone on a little bit longer, he would have been fucked. But the second round, he had resolve. And he just, you know, the, the resilience that he showed and he goes on and wins the title. I've said before, I fully expect, I, I would like to think that he keeps that title for a long time. If he gets past Dustin Poirier, bar Makachev, if Makachev gets past Leeds' favourite, Benil Derayush. Yes. <laughs> you know, that's no mean feat, but like that is as close to, I guess, Tony Ferguson versus Habib for this generation that I think we'll get. But it's it's an interesting fight. I, I am actually going to stick my neck out the line and I'm going to predict something quite massive here. I think oh, yeah. Charles Olives, yes, Sir Charles of Olives, I think he knocks <laughs> out Dustin Poirier. Really? Yeah. Really? It's, it's interesting. I think, you know, if he gets past this as well, and you I think he does keep the belt for a long time. And yeah. I think the, the confidence he'd get from beating a Dustin Poirier, especially if, like you say, knocks him out. You know, we know Gaethje's getting the next shot. You know, you'd back Charlie, Charlie, I can't because I've called him Charlie Olives. <laughs> you'd back Charles Oliveira to beat Justin Gaethje if he's knocked out Poirier. And then, <laughs> what a fight. And, you know what I mean? And there's so much room to come. In, and, you know, I think uh, I'm going to put my neck out actually. I think if Charles Oliveira, Beats Dustin Poirier. I'm when we do our predictions at the start of 2022. One of my predictions is going to be that Charlie Olives is still champ at the start of 2023. Like it, fucking love it. I love it. Um, I actually now I said this before when Megan Anderson fought Amanda Nunes. I still worry that the bubble is going to burst. Right? I'm sorry. It's going to happen one time and then I'll be right. <laughs> like 12, 20, 20 years later, imagine yeah, yeah. Kayla Harrison's daughter, right? Yeah. It's <laughs> right. Um, Juliana Pena, from a stand-up perspective, holds nothing that Amanda Nunes should be worried about. On the ground, it's a little bit dicey-dicey. Um, I worry that Amanda Nunes is more enjoying her family life than she is her fighting life. And I'm concerned. I'm not going to, I'm not stepping my neck out the line. Yeah. And he's going to beat her because I don't think that's going to happen. But it wouldn't surprise me if an upset happened. And I, because okay. I like Pena. I, I like Pena and during her ultimate fighter day, she was excellent. I would have loved to have seen her um, get. You know, she came up short when the last time that she fought somebody at, at this level was Valentina Shevchenko and she was subbed herself. But mm. she is as talented a fighter and as talented as a challenger that I think Amanda Nunes has fought since 
not, and I'm, this is not me putting her on the same level. I'm just saying, yeah. in terms of talent, she's is the, the most talented fighter since Cyborg that Amanda Nunes will fight. All right, I'm going to disagree. I think um, <laughs> Amanda Nunes is going to uh, is going to knock her out or stop her within the first two rounds. Um, <laughs> and could, it's just the thing is when you, obviously you talk about distractions with Amanda Nunes, it's like. Um, you know, we are all when we all had Rousey fever, you know what I mean? It was like, you know, the bubble's never gonna burst. But she yeah. was also like, you know, one eye on films and shit, and one eye on Dana the, elsewhere. And like, you know, what we Amanda Nunes is like, you know, she she doesn't give a shit about all that. She's just solid. She likes to train. She's got a kid with Nina Nunes. She she goes by Nina Nunes now, doesn't she? Yeah, she does, yeah. Yeah. Um, Remember, you found out that Nina. Yeah, had- I had no idea until you told me. <laughs> um, but you know, the, if if that's what her distraction is, I imagine she's in quite a happy place in her life. Do you know what I mean? So I, I think Amanda will just do what she's done to the last two. Let's just go in there. The stories. Then she. Who was it? She let hold the title. Huh? Did, who was it that she let hold the title after beating them? I yeah. can't remember. Um, because Megan Anderson, she let her hold a baby or something, didn't she? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so, um, I'm trying to see who was my, my question after this, right? Is so let's let's say, all things considered, the, the likelihood is Mandy Nunes smokes Juliana Pena, right? Mm. We talk about this every single time now. What's left? What does she need to do? I think it's only two people and then it's I mean Valentina third fight um, I completely get behind and Valentina is mad because since that second loss to Amanda Nunes she's like a star now yeah. you know what I mean like because yeah. she's so slick she's so uh, in all of her fights now she puts on a clinic and now obviously she's been in this film with Halle Berry and all that but she's like putting herself out there do you know what I mean like she, she's becoming on you know popularity level yeah, she's up there with Amanda Nunes now, and I think that sells massively that third fight. And Shevchenko with her newfound confidence, she would absolutely be convinced that she beat Nunes, especially after how close it's been last time. Yeah. So there's only either her or Kayla Harrison. But Dana, Dana needs to get his checkbook out for that, and then there'll be all issues around weight and uh, how does it work? Do you know what I mean? I actually, uh, well, as we'll come on to hopefully next week or the, the week after. My prediction is Kayla Harrison isn't signing for the UFC. No. She's sticking in the PFL. She's going yeah. to stick to what she knows. She's going to do it for another couple of... I mean, look, at the end of the day, if you've got... There's not, there's not a lot of guarantees in MMA, right? Unless you're Kayla Harrison and you mm. go on to another million-dollar tournament, right? You're, you're making a million-dollar year. I saw the thing with Ali and he was saying she makes the shitload more than that. But and that's just off that. So I mean, I think Kayla Harrison would be stupid to, you know, if I was managing, I'd stay away from the UFC. It's like go at the the cyborg fight, yeah, because I think to see PFL and um, Bellator doing a crossover or something like that. There, I think she absolutely makes cyborg as well. She does. So I think she and is. she'll get paid an absolute fortune for it. She's in no rush to come to the UFC at all. Um. So look, as I said, the, the card's littered with excellent matchups, and you know it's testament to just how stacked the card is that you've got the likes of Tuivasa, you know Dominic Cruz, and Danny Day, etc. On, on the prelims, and um, so I, those two 
that we've just talked about at length, they're obviously the, the big fights. Um, but I think it's, it's it's an excellent card and it's an excellent way to to round off uh, the year. Mm. Um, so look in in uh, boxing the, this weekend we've got Conor Ben in against uh, Chris Algieri in the zone. Um, Katie Taylor's fighting Feruza Sharpova uh, for for a, a lightweight belts. Look, Conor Ben. Conor Ben's actually come out and said that after this. Should he get past Algerian? Let's be honest. I think he smokes Algerian now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he wants the winner of Brook versus Khan. I think that that is fucking brilliant matchmaking from him because oh. he he goes and gets. Let's be honest, right? Whoever wins, uh, Khan Brook. I still think both of them will retire after that, win, lose, or draw. Um, but they are household names somewhat. Conor Ben goes after them. Springboards 2022 is going to be fucking amazing for them. Let's get them over to the US. Yeah, 100%. I think that would be... I mean, it's perfect marketing for Conor Ben if one of them does win and decides to fight him because that's a huge fight in the UK. Yeah, He's already building his profile really well. And if he gets that, he puts him on another level if he knocks out an Amir Khan. Yeah. And then... Because I think he would absolutely smoke both of them. So... I can see it's wishful thinking on his part because, as you said, they're getting paid an absolute mint, apparently, anyway, um, to have this fight, Khan and Brooks. So I, I think they'll probably both retire. But, I mean, I think either way, Conor Ben's having a huge 2022. And Chris Algier, he, you know, he doesn't stand much of a chance. I think Eddie must be paying him well because I don't know how they've plucked him from, you know, a broadcast desk to come over to Liverpool and just get battered by Conor Ben. Did... Was it uh, against Pacquiao or was it against Khan when Chris Algieri was dropped like six times? But he managed to stick to the end. I think it was Pacquiao, wasn't it? Yeah, it was Pacquiao. Did they fight twice or have I just made that up? Because didn't he beat someone really controversially? So Chris Algieri famously beat uh, Ruslan, what's his name? The, the guy that had an absolute... Oh, Provodnikov, remember him? Yeah, yeah, he had the really like he always looked like he had swollen eyes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He uh, he fought um, Tim Bradley in an absolute fight of the year. Um, but Algieri uh, fought him first and yeah. actually like schooled him and, and stuck about. Was it was it what did you say his last name was? Proglev. Uh, Provodnikov. Provodnikov. That's it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he he he, he def, uh, defended. Uh, no, defeated uh, Ruslan for the, the junior welterweight belt. Then he went and fought Pacquiao um, in 2014, and it was in Macau. Yeah, I, I, that's it. Pacquiao dropped him about 12 times or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he fought Khan, and Khan, I think Khan stopped him as well. Um, but he's fought Spence Jr. I mean, his <laughs> the thing with him is, right, his actual resume is littered with like great names, including like Tommy Coyle. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but look, look at the end of the day, he's, he's actually the, the people that he's lost against is uh, Manny Pacquiao, your favorite fighter, Amir Khan, and mm-hmm. Errol Spence Jr. So, like, I was actually thinking, fucking hell, this is why are they giving Connor Ben cannon for that? I think he is cannon for that. <laughs> and yeah. I think Connor is going to, I actually think that goes under five nines. I think. Connor's too aggressive, um, and and he'll get the job done. Um, 
but it's, Chris Algieri isn't as bad uh, as I first thought. So let's see how it goes. Yeah, yeah, we'll be tuning in. Uh, Sonny Edwards is um, fighting in Dubai uh, for Richard Schaefer's promotion. Um, and we've got Paul Butler fighting uh, John Ruel Casmiro on that same card. Um, and then in Russia, Dmitry Bevol uh, is fighting Umar Salomov for the light heavyweight belt. And then we also spoken about the aforementioned Vasil Lomachenko against Richard Comey at lightweight, which, again, like you pointed out, Vasil didn't need to take his tough in the point. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to that. Like I think yeah. it's it's going to be amazing. Um, and he's really ready. He'll have looked at the landscape after the past couple of weeks and gone, "I'm going to put on a show this weekend." You know what I mean? And it'll probably be to his detriment because he'll do. He'll probably do that well. And everyone will go, "Ah, we're okay." <laughs> the, the, the the good thing is actually, he must have just thought to himself, "I have literally just found struck it lucky here with Lopez getting beat by Camboza." Everything's open up for long yeah. Everything. Yeah, well, that's it. And I think that he's either got the rematch there with Lopez, which he might be more inclined to take now, or, you know, shoot, he's got a clearer path to the belts. Now, in news, I was going to start out talking about, I mean, probably the biggest. It's got shockwaves in boxing. Unfortunately, good old Tommy Fury has had to pull out <laughs> with a chest infection. And a broken rib, okay? Yeah. And uh, so Tyron Woodley is stepping back in, getting it back. Maybe he signed a contract that says he is allowed to knock him down this time. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, what's your views on Jake Paul not getting Tommy Fury now? Well, I, I, to be honest, I, don't, I, I think from Jake Paul's point of view, he doesn't really give a shit because I think uh, he'll probably just find it hilarious because he's had Tommy Fiore saying to him for like two months, oh, don't pull out of this fight and all that. And now, you know, obviously Fiore's pulled out with a, a chest infection. And so that's just bizarre. So I think I don't think Jake Paul minds. And then for Tommy Fiore, I'm just like, mate, you should have done anything and everything to get that fight. That's the biggest bag you're ever going to get, ever. And it's gone. You, you're never going to get a rematch. You're never going to get the fight, you know, postponed or rescheduled into next year like he's fucked it for himself now now it's back to fighting on you know Uncle Frank's Lyndon and Arthur undercards and things like that you know what I mean it, it, I feel bad for him but it, he's such an idiot he's such an idiot I the one thing I, so I got text today and I was like oh you got it that Tommy Fury uh, Jake Paul isn't happening and I hadn't even seen the news and I went he's fucking joking me Part of me thinks, right, that, look, every boxer or every fighter that goes into the ring, there's always niggles, right? There's always, always injuries. There's always, they're never 100%, right? Tommy absolutely had to be 100% to fucking put on, to, to actually just try and put on a show, right? Clearly, that isn't there. So what has he done? If he's not going to be 100% because of the pressure that was on him, Probably because of the pressure that's on him and for having to try to fucking change his name, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But at the end of the day, he had to make sure he was hundred percent. So, like, I, I, I agree with you, right? That fight will never happen again. Now, that, like, I don't expect 
a, a different re- result uh, in a couple of weeks when Woodley gets on because Woodley is gun shy, except uh, we've talked about it at nauseum before about just the mystery that is him in his last fucking six fights. But Tommy Fury, man, like I just, I, I actually feel bad for him now because he looks like an even bigger laughing stock. That's it, because like, obviously everyone thinks he's like half a twat, don't they? And then now it, the opportunity that was there to not only make a shitload of money, be on pay-per-view in America, get to knock out someone that everybody hates. So yeah. if he if he won, no matter what he does the rest of his boxing career, he'll be universally loved by everyone because he knocked out or beat Jake Paul. And you know, and it's on pay-per-view in America. Do you know what I mean? The the opportunity to become a household name, and you can imagine Molly was rubbing her hands together, thinking, "Oh, I'm going to release an eyelash set in America now." But now that that's just all down the drain. And that and you, what can you do? Like you, he needs to just wear Fox. If he doesn't get that fight next year, say if Jake Paul wins, just go and be a model or something. Mate. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like no point in you doing this anymore. Yeah. No, definitely. Um, actually, I can't believe we didn't we didn't get the chance to, to speak about this. But um, massive, massive congrats and kudos to Anthony Yard getting his victory against. Yeah, uh, mm. uh, you know, honestly, um, big ops to him because he came out the way that he should have um, last year. Absolutely aggressive, boxing on point, keeping at the front foot, keeping pressure, pressure, pressure. And again, we've talked about, you know, what does the future hold for you know, a number of fighters in 2022. Yards couldn't have a big 2022, in my opinion, um, yeah. domestically and internationally. He's now touted to be uh, to fight the winner of Callum Johnson uh, versus Joe Smith Jr. that's just been announced for January. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm all in on Yard, always have been, love him as a fighter, think he's great, and he absolutely needed this. Yeah, like... on. I- it, it, there was question marks around Yard after one the Kovalev fights where Kovalev, in my opinion, was there for the taking, yeah. and he just got it wrong. It, it was like he got a bit starstruck. The Arthur fight, so complacent, got it all wrong. He dragged himself into a dog fight he didn't need to be in. This is the Anthony Yard that we need to see, and what everyone was hoping to see when he first came up, because everyone was like, "This guy's going to be an absolute beast." Yeah. He had the excuse with the Kovalev fight of being a bit too young. Now he needs to just go and blitz through that division because it literally is there for the taking as well. Yeah, Linton Arthur, by the way, I couldn't get my fucking words out there. Um, yeah. <laughs> like with 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 Linton, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be opposed down the line for them running that back in a rematch uh, yeah. for, for a trilogy. Uh, but onwards and upwards for Yard, and and again, one of my fit fights down the line I want to see is I want to see him against Joseph Boazzi, um yeah. battle for London. But look, let's let's get one of them with a a title belt around the, the, the waist and see where it goes. The one final thing that I want to bring up uh, in news is this whole AJ basically whoring himself for a price <laughs> side for Fury. And and I'll be honest with you, as people who listen to this, they know there is, there is a number one nut hugger of AJ. It's this man here speaking. If that man, right, and I'm gonna I'm gonna say it now, right? If he steps aside, I don't care if it's for fucking 10 million or it's the 40 million that he's after. He's a fucking scumbag. And <laughs> like that that pains me to say, but I will never, ever 
respect him again because he's talking about redemption, talking about being angry, etc. But essentially, for a man who's already got a combined wealth of 120 million pounds, right? <laughs> You're going to make double that when you fight Fury, but you have to get past Usyk and you need to get your respect back. Yeah, well, I've been really surprised by it, to be honest, because he's literally just dancing to the tune of Fury there, really, and Bob Arum. Like, he... that What I think would 100% happen, without a doubt, if he steps aside and Fury beats Usyk, Fury retires. Of course he does. He retires, he retires, he's undisputed, and he'll always have that over Anthony Joshua. And it'll be a similar thing to the way... You know the way sort of Khan and Brooke played out. I know obviously the fight now, but for so many years, and it was Brooke just being like, "Yeah, you fuck it, you dodge me, you duck me." X, Y, and Z. And Khan was like, "Yeah, it's fine, but like I've won multiple world titles and I'm minted and X, Y, and Z." Yeah, so I, I think like he he's honestly dancing to the tune of Adam and Fury, and it would be bizarre that Fury retires if he be too sick. Yeah, he then retires, obviously undisputed, gone out like Khabib, like what you can always claim that, yeah. and then. Joshua, it'll just be Joshua will never get over that. His whole legacy will be him sniping a fury and getting played like a fiddle. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It was exactly like I know the way it's worked out with Jake Paul and Tyron Woodley. You know, he said you've got to get I love Jake Paul tattooed on you. And then he did. And then and then Jake Paul said, I'm obviously not gonna fight you again. You must be like, I can't believe you did that. You know, and it's like you, you know, <laughs> I just honestly I don't if he does that. I'm, I'm absolutely with you, to be fair. He's got no credibility in boxing anymore if he does that. I just, like, the the thing that I'd say about it is I watched an interview with him, uh, with uh, Cass and, uh, on IFL TV on YouTube about three months ago. It would have just been a couple of weeks after it had happened, after he got beat. And he looked pissed off. He looked, he looked like it had hurt. Everybody was questioning his ability. And he said that, like, that's it. He was starting to flirt with different coaches, etc. And you thought, wow, this is this is a guy that's reassessing and is taking a step back and is making some serious, serious decisions that, that will hopefully have a positive effect on his career moving forward. But now to then even consider stepping aside. And actually, it's it's brilliant because he, he had a goal, I think, before at Wilder for not accepting money. Um, and then he called him out for accept it when, when he didn't do it. Um, and he's like, oh, I can't believe you would do that. And he, we've given him loads of money. But you're going against everything that you've just said there as well. Yeah. Like, he, honestly, I, I think he loses a, a lot of respect of a lot of people if he does decide that ultimately money does talk. For a man who is already well looked after, and this should now be about legacy and really carving out a legacy. And yeah, I, I wholeheartedly believe it's one of my predictions for, for next year, actually. I, I think the window of opportunity that we've got with Tyson Fury is massively limited. Um, and, and it's one of those things where if he does get used to the fight, he does something that none of them managed to do and becomes undisputed. Yeah, and I thought, I, to be honest, I don't want to see it either just in terms of, I want to see, I'm happy with the Joshua Rusick, rematch because then I'm Fury fights Dillian White and who doesn't want to see that fight do you know what I mean so yeah. 
Yeah, fingers crossed AJ does the right thing. I hope he does. I hope he does. Well, look, I said it last week and it didn't come true. I can wholeheartedly say now that next week, should we do this next week, that's episode 25, but there might be a baby here, right? So yeah. we're going to have to pick on moments, but I'm sure we'll manage that. But look forward to watching the fights, Sammy. Change that yeah. band of yours. And <laughs> um, I won't say Merry Christmas yet because it's too early because I'll speak to you again. Uh, thanks for listening. Of course. Peace. Yeah, best of luck. Big blow, brother. Bye, mate. Bye. Bye. Thanks very much for listening. We'll hopefully be back next week for our predictions for 2022.